things like suicidal head injuries, a lot of head injuries, drugs, drug addiction, mostly cocaine and heroin, alcoholism, dementia, epilepsy, and after 1922, about a third of the patients were children. And so those were birth defects, disabilities by names that we now call Down syndrome and hydrocephalic. There were diagnoses of people unable to speak or unable to hear, senility, or my own personal favorite, senior exhaustion which I understand. Diagnoses of confused, delusional, hallucinations, paranoia, lots of syphilis that, you know, then had entered the neurological system, and imbecile. So those are the kind of diagnosis that we saw the most uh, with people going there. And of course, you've got to remember, we didn't know anything about mental illness during those years. It really wasn't until the 50s when we started getting more treatment ideas from Europe that things started to change. I guess my understanding is, of course, back then the treatment for these kind of disabilities could be pretty rough. They use things that we don't use anymore, like electroshock therapy. And then some folks stayed there their entire lives and then and then died there. What what happened to those folks that died there? Where were they buried? Do we even know? People died at Morningside. Lots of accidents or injuries. Certainly people died based on treatment. And there was an autopsy room actually at the hospital. A large number of autopsies were done and we recently figured out that a lot of those were being, quote, observed by medical students from the University of Oregon, but they were probably using the patients as an anatomy class after they died. You know, they didn't have to get anybody's permission. And then they were sent to a mortuary and they were buried in one of four cemeteries in Portland. Sometimes they'd wait till they had four or five and bury them all on one plot. We've found one area where there's, it's a ravine that's gone back to its natural habitat where there are probably 350 graves. They're generally unmarked. But of course, things have happened like cemeteries have remapped and renumbered their plots. Uh, one cemetery, the records were flooded, and we don't have them. None of the volunteers, we have never been able to find that the state kept a list of what Alaskans were sent to Morningside, no patient list. And so that's how all of this got started when we couldn't find a list. Gotcha, yeah. And... I mean, there are similarities here with the boarding schools that, that a lot of Alaska Native people uh, were taken away to and, and never came home from. 
I guess also similar to that, there are families here in Alaska that are trying to figure out what happened to their relatives that were sent to Morningside, right? Yes, yes. Many of the stories are, you know, I remember my grandmother telling me that the federal marshals came and took this baby girl and we don't know whatever happened to her. Or my mother went to Morningside and nobody knows what happened. Or my uncle got sent to Morningside and we don't know whatever happened to him. And that's kind of what really got us started. And our real goal has been to identify who the patients are so that the family can know that, yes, this is where your your family member went, and then what happened to them. 